1: Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. So Nate, this week we've done something a little bit different. We reached out to our listeners on Twitter and asked for a crowdsourced recommendation for an episode. Wow. Really rolling the dice there. <laughs> Anything could happen. We got over 40 submissions and there's some extraordinary wow. stuff in here. Nice. We've got a little playlist. We'll give it to people at the end. So
2: after combing through these suggestions, Charlie, what stood out what caught your ear there were two
1: songs they they really captured me because they are dealing with this sort of internal frustration that i've been having which is the cliche argument of everything sounds too recycled to the same mm. all pop music sounds the same right but these two songs have brought that feeling into a totally new context
2: oh interesting you're talking about sort of the the assembly line sound of, of popular music sometimes
1: yeah exactly so what i want to do today is i want to knock down one of our previous great episodes and i want to try to declare the death of the pop drop Whoa. and on top of that i want to suggest where sounds might be going yes
2: let's topple some false idols let's kill our darlings <laughs> let's
1: expose the truth <laughs> So, Nate, you may remember that last September we named this sound, this thing that had been happening for over a year, Right. this new musical section where yes. vocals get all chopped up. And uh, after the chorus, and this giant moment of uh, hyper dance poppiness, we called this thing the pop drop. I have a hazy recollection of that. Yes. Yeah, we talked a lot about it on the show. And what's wild about a lot of these recommendations um and a lot of the things that we're seeing on the charts is a really obvious me-toism. A let's take that sound which has been working and let's recycle it. So, we have for example, uh, Selena Gomez has a tune, It Ain't Me. Do you know this one? No, I haven't heard it. Let's check it out. Uh- Selena Gomez is not the only person borrowing the sound. We can even hear some of it on the new Gaga track called ah. The Cure. I have heard this one. Like this one. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I hear, I, I hear these as sort of variations on a theme of a pop drop, but it is unavoidable. Oh, yeah. When you turn on the radio it seems so i i i, I sense
1: that you feel that like we that you've reached peak pop drop i think we have and i have found a song which is the final nail in the coffin of that pop drop song. okay <laughs> it's fallout boy's new single young and menace and this song is both a perfect pop drop and i think an absolute parody of the form now for background Listeners may know Fallout Boy as the Chicago rock band who have been producing hits since 2005. They are probably best known for their song "Sugar We're Going Down. Do you know this one You know that tune. Wow, 12
2: years that makes seems like a long time ago. Awesome. <laughs>
1: Well, they're this great rock band. They've got a really strong pop sensibility. And they have released this new track, Young and Menace, which on one level is a personal story about the band's leader, Pete Wentz, who you could say he's been a bit of a menace in his uh, growing up as a rock star. He hasn't been the best behaved. Okay. But, (laughs) But I think that this song is also, at least I'm hearing it as almost a parody of modern pop music. So let's drop the needle on Young and Menace. All right, hit me.
2: We've gone way too
0: fast for way too long. And I killed me twice like my name was Mickey
2: Six. I woke up in my shoes again but somewhere someone in
0: existence. Oops, I did it again. I forgot what I
2: <laughs> that was great. Okay, that was great. I love
1: that part. <laughs> wow, what is that? What is that the is same that? band? That was my first reaction, right? Wild. What is the first thing that you hear in this track?
2: Um... The first like the first sound you hear or the first thing that I notice.
1: What's the first thing you notice?
2: The first thing I noticed was the vocal being doubled by another vocal pitched way down, really low. on, well, I want to hear that again. We've gone way too fast for way too long
1: Ooh Okay, so oh Charlie didn't it. notice that. I didn't notice. Advantage that. Advantage Sloan. Well, you know what? The first thing I heard was the moment just before that. The really high voice. The high voice. Yeah. The the hint at the pop drop at the very beginning of the song, just like the Gaga track. Just like the Chainsmokers track. Just like everybody's doing.
2: Yeah. You kind of adumbrate the, the pop drop at the very start. Yeah, I see that.
1: Exactly. Which is uh, the vocal thrown up octaves as opposed to down octaves. But I think in either way, it's pretty clear that this doesn't really seem like a rock band. No. I think instead it, it feels like they are imitating an electronic pop, hyper pop sound.
2: Yeah. I mean, can you even play this? Is this playable live?
1: Like. That's an interesting question. I want to get back to that in a second. Okay, Okay. table that. So in this verse, Mm -hmm. the first thing that he says is, we've gone too fast for too long. We were never supposed to make it half this far. We've gone way too
0: fast for way too long.
1: Again, two readings here. One could read this as somebody who's basically saying, "Um, I'm kind of like a burnt out rock star who has partied too hard and you right. shouldn't have made it this far." I, I also am hearing it as whenever he's when he's just when he says that line,
2: You're never
1: supposed to make it half this far the little." pop droppy uh synthesized vocal comes in and it, yeah. for me it's almost like hey this sound has gone far too long and needs to die <laughs> this is like the the equivalent
2: of of Jay-Z's uh, death of autotune moment oh what's that well that was when he he did the 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 death of autotune track was sort of a a, a dig at all the rappers who were autotuning uh, their their yeah, this is anti
1: is this Fall Out I- Boy's equivalent right now? Uh, so I'm sort of hearing it that way. Because uh, I think because I think that they are making a a self-conscious song that is playing to the expectations of what's happening on the radio. Both probably for their own success, but I think there's a, a, a little bit of parody in here.
2: So they're trying to exploit it and kill it at the same
1: time. Peak pop drop, that's what I'm talking about. Peak pop drop. Hmm. So the, the other thing I notice in this is it has this sort of underwater electronic sound, a, a sound that you would not expect to hear in rock, where all of the upper frequencies are filtered out. All the music is just in the lower frequencies so that the, the, the vocal really stands out.
2: You're never supposed to make it this
1: far. We hear this in tracks all over the place from, um, we heard this on, certainly on uh, the Ariana Grande, Max Martin track, um, what was it? Into Something you, song? Charlie. I'm so into you. I can
2: barely breathe. The Ariana Grande Max Martin track, please. What? In, in, I don't know how you could forget the experience of listening to that song. With me. Just a little. <laughs> just processing <laughs> that but go ahead
1: oh uh, I'm sorry so uh, we, we, she does the, the same sort of sound um, yeah we've also heard it on another Max Martin track recently we talked about Katy Perry's Chain to the Rhythm it has this same quality we and we've also heard this sound on a bunch of Drake's tracks mm, we explored totally. that thoroughly on another episode yeah well you know you know Drake actually records in an underwater studio <laughs> the underwater sounds. So I I think this sound is um, re- referential of um, modern pop music, which is really drawing heavily upon electronic EDM stuff. And you you catch this as well when the kick drum comes in. You get this four to the floor, I duh duh so duh, duh sound. Oh yeah, that sort of build up that you would expect in an electronic pop tune. And then we go to the chorus. Uh-huh. And what do you think is going to happen in a chorus?
2: Um, I kind of expect what happened in that first song we listened to. Uh, Pour me some sugar, mama. What was that called again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a, a "Pour me some sugar, mama." Sounds like the 1950s version of sugar working. <laughs> now you could. Now you know where my head is always at.
2: Yeah. So I would expect something like that where everything kind of peaks in this massive explosive chorus.
1: But no, it, it doesn't no. do that, does it? No, <laughs> no, they do they're doing just what everyone else is doing on the charts right now. They have this as as I've called it too many times, a diminutive chorus. Nothing pops. all of the sonic characteristics of a chorus are just missing. Right. Instead, we get a very tongue-in-cheek reference to potentially the height of pop music. Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again. The game. Oh, baby,
0: baby. Oh, baby,
2: baby. Ah, the year 2000. Yes. <laughs>
1: What do you think that they're it's saying? All, it
2: was all down from, for Charlie It was all downhill from there. I think it's been uphill. What, what was the question? What do you think this reference is about? Um, okay, so okay, th- th- that's a great question because it is like I, I hear what you were saying earlier that there is something sort of smirky or 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 satirical or, or ironic yeah. here and that and that and this is yeah. the moment to me where I feel that most acutely. Because it it does seem to be a little bit an indictment of uh, the pop music landscape by re, by making this reference, right? I think it's I think he kind of gets to have it both ways because at once it's sort of it's it's sort of vent like a, a certain veneration of pop greats, and it's also sort of a little bit like pulling back the curtain and look, you know, look what we we're doing it again.
1: No, there's no debate that this is a reference because he uses the exact same rhythm. That Britney Spears uses in yeah. her tune. Oops,
0: I, I
1: Deep references here, but I think obviously a cynical reference. Uh, he says the line I only wrote this down to make you press rewind. and send a message I was young and a menace.
2: Well, now I'm connecting it to the psych assessment. Is this some kind of like clockwork orange-esque brain <laughs> laboratory
1: that he's reporting from or something? I think that there, again, is a double meaning and, and, and partially in, it, in that clockwork orange direction. So first, there's actually a deep reference to the band, which I only found on Genius.com that press rewind is a lyrical trope that they've used on many of their other songs so they're referencing their their oeuvre if you will um uh, but there's also this oops i did it again i only wrote that down to make you press rewind it's like this is i, I wrote this thing down because it's infectious it's going to be stuck in your ear it's an earworm you're going to keep going back mm. to it and i only wrote it to do so it suggests that it's a um cryptic and sort of menacing commercialism mm. uh, to the pop landscape, right? I think I think that's what's coming across.
2: I'm toying with you, is what he's saying, basically. Exactly. Yeah.
1: After his uh, cynical message, what do we get?
2: Uh, we get the complete fragmentation and dissolution of every sound we've heard so far. It's like stepping into a, a, a funhouse of mirrors. <laughs>
1: this is and this is the peak pop drop i think this is the most amazing pop drop i've ever heard yeah Uh, we obviously get the chopped up vocals that we've heard in so many other tunes Uh, they're pitched all around and underneath a what is it (laughs) i i i I don't
2: dare to to try and suss out what's happening in that section it's
1: an immensely controlled rhythm section some of that rock guitar is in there the, it, the, there are just all these insane gestures and sounds yeah moving and sweeping through and messing with your mind it, it's so delicately tied together it's almost like Turning your radio
2: dial really fast and happening to get a bunch of different <laughs> styles of music that, that fit in the same rhythm because it's very dis, disjunct. Like it's very, yeah, the seams
1: are showing. It has the, the dubstep qualities that we've heard from Skrillex. It has a lot of that pop drop quality that we have heard from DJ Snake. Totally. It brings these things together in a way that, again, is controlled, intentional, catchy, but I think also a a, a bit of uh, a parody. And Uh I get this feeling of parody in the composition itself. Ooh, interesting. Okay. I don't know how to completely describe this collage aesthetic, but there's a moment where you think it's over. (laughs) But it's not, right? <laughs> there's a sense of closure. Yeah, that's and, no, and then there's it's gonna an, keep on going. <laughs>
2: there's another entire
1: section waiting for you. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I think Fallout Boy is is taking the form, distilling it down to its essence, playing it back, making you press rewind. And it makes me reflect on: hey, all the other people that are doing this pop drop sound one can't do it nearly as well but two probably nobody should repeat this again because <laughs> this is enough i i i buy
2: it i totally buy it it's like after we covered beyonce uh modulating four times and love on top it's like <laughs> everyone else was like well nope now no one else can
1: modulate again
2: there haven't been a lot
1: of pop modulations <laughs> no yeah Especially the multiple modulations in a song. Yeah, this
2: is this is such a maximalist and, and very like aggressive and intense um, that it at once makes you feel the sort of desperation of the lyrics uh, expressed in in a musicalized form and makes you go, wow, this song has pushed this technique to its limits
1: and yeah. the, and is yeah.
2: doing so kind of with a with a wink at the same yeah exactly. Time.
1: Yeah. So I think Follow Boy have done an extraordinary job here, but I don't think that they are the best parodyists out there.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, I'm
1: I'm intrigued. So there was once a queen of meta-aware, hyper-self-conscious pop art distilled to its essence into parody, uh, and that throne for a long time I think was held by Lady Gaga. Yeah. But I believe that there is a new ascending queen who is who we'll talk about
2: right after the ad break. Oh, brutal, brutal. Okay, I, I wait. I wait with bated breath.
1: Fox Creative.
0: This is advertiser content from twenty six point two Team Milk and their new docu series Running Sucks. Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course.
1: Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and
2: most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work
1: At the top of the show, I made a bold statement that too much pop music is sounding too alike, and it's getting to me. But we are in luck because there are artists who are turning these pop cliches into brilliant artistic parodies. And I'm talking about more than just the pop drop. I want to double down on my bold statement by suggesting that there is a new ascendant queen of art pop music who is consciously using these cliches in a way that highlights both the ridiculous elements and the best elements of pop. And I'm very excited to share her with you now. I'm, I'm very excited to hear about it.
2: I like your prognosticating here and your and you're <laughs> proclaiming. You're like looking at your watch at 10.30 p.m. on <laughs> April
1: 26th. I pronounce the pop drop deceased it's a bold statement well i will keep you in suspense no longer the artist who has got my attention is charlie xcx oh we have not heard from her in a while charlie xcx also known as charlotte atchison atchison i guess
2: i should have known that xcx was not her real last name though. no
1: no we first talked about charlie xcx i think on our third episode about her song boom clap and she is known as a a great songwriter but also as a really great co-writer she has written alongside iconopop Iggy azalea she wrote the selena gomez song same old love which we've covered on the show really oh fascinating She's been all over the pop charts for a couple of years, but we've been ignoring her. So we've been missing out because I think that Charlie XCX is this really aware pop writer who has a almost Warholish like character, like Lady Gaga has had in the past. Mm. But for me, almost to a whole nother degree in her understanding, celebration and parodying of the form of pop music.
2: Cool. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's drop the needle on Charlie XCX's new single 3AM Pull-Up featuring the artist Mo. This is uh, off of her latest mixtape called Number One Angel, a co-production with many of the artists on the PC Music label. Let's check it out. Take me there.
2: That is relentless. I, I dig it. <laughs> what do you feel about this song? I think I'm into it. I, I don't know if I like it or not, but I find it
1: you're kind of irresistible. Mm, I think that is part of its intent. I'm going to do something interesting. It is a little a characteristic of our show. Whoa. Before we go into what is making this song tick, yeah. I think we need to know a little bit about the people behind it and how it's made and the influences it's drawing from.
2: Cool. I
1: accept this proposition. Thank you. We need to go back a few years. This new label out of London comes out. They're called PC Music. It's a bunch of electronic musicians in their 20s, founded by this producer named A.G. Cook. It's known for robotic hyper-pop that feels like it's... K-pop with Max Martin hits distilled down to their purest form and sped out by an artificial intelligence. Huh. Whoa. Cool. And when you look at the dozens of think pieces about PC music, people describe them as uh, potentially the the next big thing in music. Mm. But overwhelmingly, the, the adjectives that you heard were synonyms for plastic, fake, neon, polyurethane, uh, bubble gum. (laughs) These were the words that described their sound. Yeah, interesting. There's this great quote from The Guardian. Sam Wolfson writes that this music is part intellectual response to the prevalence of marketing and pop culture, and part antagonistic refreshing of the most critically ridiculed music from the past decade huh. and packaging it as if it's the future.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a that sounds like a pretty accurate assessment of what I just heard. He
1: further <laughs> describes some of their music as like a malfunctioning bop <laughs> And what's extraordinary about this label is that it's actually not a real label. So first of all, they don't really have like an office. They don't have a formal record label. It's Uh really just a conglomerate of these different Uh, electronic producers and singers who have a sort of Mm. cult status pseudo-celebrity. They rarely give interviews, and when they do, they're entirely staged. They are almost like (laughs) performance artists in pop star uh, imagery. Fascinating. Like a collective, perhaps. They're a collective. Yeah, exactly. H.E. Cook says that he, with this group, is trying to make forward-thinking pop music something that pushes the envelope, and he, he wants to make things that are upbeat, happy. There's almost, They're almost juvenile. Yeah. And I, I want to go into the the sounds of PC music, what they're comprised of, because I think that they're going to give us context for the Charlie XCX album, which was produced by artists from across this label. Yeah. Huh. So what I was saying is that this is pop art music. It's pop music to the nth degree. It's super self-aware. And it's also, it's intentional. It's trying to make, it's not, not pop music. And it's not, not making fun of pop music. It's somewhere in the middle. You can't figure out if it's performance art or not. Yeah. The umbrella quality of their sound is just super pop. Mm. And I want to give you some examples. This is Every Night by Hannah Diamond. So robotic! Wow, this is wild, Charlie. Check this out. This is "Bronze" by The Slaughter on PC Music's Volume One.
0: <laughs>
2: that is that is completely blowing my mind. It is. It's like um. The simulacra, it's like Baudrillard meets pop music or something. (laughs) It's a little too, usually pop producers find ways to soften the edges of their perfectly quantized computer-made compositions into something that sounds more organic. Here it's kind of the opposite, it's like let's go further into that metronomic precision and sort of lifeless vocals uh, to make it sound as artificial as possible.
1: But it, it, beyond just the robotic quality of the distillation of pop music, it even it has this mm. this Euro pop dance sound, like uh, a yeah. sort of sports anthem kind of quality. You can hear it in Denny L Harrell, I think, is the producer with Carly Rae Jepsen. They did a track called "Supernatural" off of PC Music Volume Two. Nice.
0: You gotta believe this is-
1: So this is what's funny about that. You have this Euro pop quality that starts really big, but then recesses down into something small and constrained. And this is the other character quality of PC music. It has this restraint to it. Just as much as it's super pop, it also holds back. Let me show you in another example what I mean. This Hmm. is Sophie. He's all over the Charlie XCX album. He's also working with Rihanna right now. Big producer. He has a track called Just Like We Never Said Goodbye. And I think you'll really get the idea of um, intentional restraint of that hyper EDM energy. Cool hey real quick this is charlie from the future we originally published this piece in may 2017 since then sophie identified as trans and now uses she her pronouns okay back to the music
2: oh just like you never said goodbye when you spoke to me right way oh just like you never
1: said goodbye you have the biggest grit on your face.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, and I feel like my eyes are like wide as sausage. This is so—it's <laughs> again. But my reaction is at once like completely captivated and also like slightly disturbed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and so do you, do you hear that sense that uh, there's—it it feels like it's going to be enormous. The song has this obnoxious, loud, trancy, <laughs> wow. wow, wow, wow now, now, now but there's no drums it never it just never goes anywhere it yeah. stays at this almost breaking hyper energy it has that restrained quality the last thing that we need to uh, discuss about PC music is th- their simplicity of melody their songs are meant to get stuck in your head mm. this is ag cook the uh, label's founder and this is his track superstar I know they-
2: Huh. That is, uh, yeah. Again, it's it's
1: it's it's wonderful and
2: familiar and slightly unsettling.
1: It has an almost nursery rhyme like quality, right?
2: Yeah, but it's so uh, aggressive that it it takes away any sort of comfort that you might get from those rhymes.
1: <laughs> so for a couple of years, PC music has been making this very strange, super pop, robotic, simplistic, restrained. Bubble gum pop sound and across the internet people have been predicting that this is either the next big thing or that this parody is the death of pop music altogether <laughs> they have struggled to find their audience they they haven't ever had a real breakout smash just uh, except for in these sort of underworlds of of, of music criticism right until working with charlie xcx and i think we're going to see more and more of their sound with other artists so i want to listen again to 3 a.m within the context of pc music cool But do you hear 3 a.m. in a slightly different context now?
2: Yeah, I, I do. I hear it as like one of those PC music experiments, except with in, in instead of that, that robotic uh, singer, we have a real person, like Charlie XEX is just kind of dropped into the middle of that. Though even though they, they change her vocals too, they all they, they yeah. put some weird gating effect on it or something where it sounds like it just like swoops in and swoops out really quickly. There's like no decay to her voice at all.
0: Mm, mm.
1: She she's definitely embracing the sound and I think bringing it into a slightly more listenable terrain, if you will. Yeah, totally. And the song has a has a nice arc too, you know? Yep. Well let's talk about that arc and how it works. We open up with the same method that we are hearing in the Fallout Boy. The same thing that we're hearing throughout the pop drop. The hint of the chorus from the very beginning with this high, almost obnoxious vocal. In this case, it's not chopped and sampled, but it has that same quality.
2: Yeah, there it
1: is. The foreshadow of the feast to come. (laughs) Exactly. This is a technique we hear all through pop music. It's called don't bore us, get to the chorus, put the hook at the start, and give us a hint of what's to come. And as we said, uh, PC Music is trying to distill the sound of pop music and regurgitate it back in a hyper-pop form. And so they too use this don't bore us, get to the chorus. It's a technique we've heard other artists use like Ariana Grande and Max Martin in their songs Side to Side. Ah. (laughs) Right, so this is, again, this is like uber-pop. Uber-pop. It's using all the right language of pop music and distilling it to its essence. Ah, gotcha, yeah. Aside from just the textural quality, I want to pay attention to the composition of the verse because it's simple nursery rhyme-like melody that we'd expect from PC music. It's basically made of this really simple walk down the major scale, Right. Right.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah,
2: no, i always you. That is what we call uh
1: Yeah, consecutive scalar patterns right there. It's the easiest melody anybody could sing. It will immediately get stuck in your ear because of that. Right, and
2: it has that internal repetition that creates a very hooky effect for a listener. And she
1: starts in a low octave so she can eventually walk up the scale to build energy, a great pop writing trick. Very effective. Basically so that they are immensely sticky, they stay in your ear. Uh, But the melody stays simple all throughout. And as the song builds up the chorus, where you move up into a higher register, the melody gets even simpler. She just walks down three notes of the scale. Yeah. (laughs) And the melody culminates at the end of the chorus, with doubling down on the home note, playing it over and over again, drilling it into your ear. Doesn't get much more textbook than that. I think that the chorus has this PC music-like quality. It's simple, it's a high melody, it's robotic, and underneath it is this restraint. The whole thing is driven by this Underlying rhythm. Yeah, I do hear what you're talking about. And we never get much more than this rhythm. It's this simple syncopated kick all throughout. Yeah.
2: Incidentally, that's the same rhythm as the Charleston <laughs> band, the dance that was a, a, a pop music craze in the 1920s. I'm, I'm not, da, no, da, no, da, no, 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 no. I'm da, not going to let you go down da, 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 the classical da, 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 master's route. Da, 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 da. You can't stop it. It's happening. No,
1: no, it's over. History repeats itself, my friend. So I think this rhythm really matters because it supports the most important element of the song, and we haven't even called it out. It's the tempo. The song is really fast. It's a lot faster than things that we hear on the charts. It's almost comical.
2: It's really fast. Yeah.
1: And I think that they use a fast BPM in order to bring out the parody quality, to bring attention to the roboticness, the simplicity of the melody. And the song is over 130 beats per minute, I believe. And that's a lot faster than most radio, which is 120 and lower these days. So I think if you compare it to other things you might be listening to, it really stands out. And this kick drum makes it stand out even more by syncopating the rhythm so it feels like it's moving even faster. Yeah, and on top of that you get a vocal singing in really fast 16th notes. So everything feels frantic. It has this manic like quality, right? Yeah, that's a good that's a good descriptor. It's a little stressful to listen to. I think that this hyperactive tempo supports the lyric and the meaning of the song, which although simple works perfectly with the music. The lyrics are just another cliché, it's about a broken up relationship that gets back together after a 3 a.m. phone call.
0: Got
1: but this song captures that 3 a.m. feel really well. You know what it's like when you're staying up all night, it's 3 a.m., you're way overtired, and you're just buzzing from too much coffee? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I think that this song has that feeling of that your heartbeat just, like, going way too fast. You've been cramming. There's an exam. You can't sleep because of all that caffeine. And it's embedded in this song. It's in the tempo. It's in the lyrical acceleration. uh, But like pc music is want to do the song also has this restraint it never really blows up probably i think it supports the lyric because at 3 a.m you probably don't have enough energy to really let it go
2: yeah no i totally know what you mean and 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 yet there is kind of a happy ending, in a way, to this saga. <laughs> Your dismissal of the lyrics of the song suggests to me that you may not have paid much attention to them. I, uh, in contrast to my usual technique, actually did this time and there's uh, if you're not paying attention, as you and I, again, are wont to do, you don't notice that the lyrics shift. Yeah. So at the end, she's talking about uh, pulling up at 3 a.m. for a late night booty call. Right. But after kind of having this come to Jesus moment when Mo steps in and starts singing with her. Yeah. But by the time we get to the final chorus, she's saying it's 3 a.m. and you're calling and then... I can't believe I used to want this. No more, no pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up, right to your love. No more, pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up.
1: Ah. So, there is an arc of progression there. And afterwards, the song disperses even further. The frenetic quality falls out and we're left with that, Washy synth sound, which maybe supports the protagonists letting it all go and preparing it to rest, yeah, I buy that well, I made multiple bold claims about this track. I hope that we can see that in breaking it down that this song is really brilliantly embracing the tropes of pop songwriting taking them to their logical conclusion, doing so really effectively, and doing so in a really singable song that you can't get out of your head. Yeah. I want to suggest that Charlie XCX is a master of her craft. She can take all of the structures of pop music and give it back to us in a way that says that she knows everything that she's doing. And with the support of A.G. Cook, who is the producer on this track and the founder of the PC Music label, I think the two of them are really the masters now of pop art music, uh, I think sort of displacing Lady Gaga who once held the throne. Huh. I also want to say that beyond just her understanding of composition and pop cliche, Charlie XX is also playing with the image of pop music. Mm-hmm you have to check out this music video of her performing on Kimmel where her and A.G. Cook perform the song Bounce. The song has zero miracle content other than Bounce. Yeah, That is about it. So what's happening is she's dancing on this dark white stage, which is coated in feathers. And she's also wearing feathers. Everything's in white. She's dancing frantically all by herself, jumping all around the stage, out of breath. She's dancing like nobody's watching her, like she's at a rave. And hilariously, behind her is A.G. Cook, the label owner and her producer, He's lying face down on the ground as if he's passed out. And she's just dancing all around him, not paying attention. Really? That happened on television? It happened on TV. And I think that it's making fun of this pop cliche. You hear it in a lot of verses. You dance till you drop <laughs> that. I think it's really mocking that that rave culture, the individualistic narcissism where everyone's dancing all around you and you're in your own comfortable bubble by yourself.
2: No, I'm totally convinced. You know, between this song and the Fallout Boy song we listened to earlier, I find it p- totally persuasive that artists kind of fed up with the status quo are starting to release their own tracks that sort of poke fun at the 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 assembly line nature of
1: pop today so is it too much to say that the pop drop is over and that writers need to be conscious of how they use the cliches that charlie XeX, ag cook and pc music so intelligently toy with it's never too much for me so let's do it let's declare the pop drop dead and if anybody's sad about that there's good news The good news is that in our listener recommendations, there is so much extraordinary good new music that I'm really excited to check out. And we'll make sure to share that playlist of recommendations with everybody on Twitter and Facebook.
2: Yeah, well, I think you've just sketched out some possible new directions.
1: You're never supposed to use the phrase new directions. Uh, Whoa, okay. Sorry, Charles. If you don't get the double entendre, just say it aloud a couple of times. (laughs) People stupidly use it all the time, especially in marketing, billboards, advertising. It's
0: ridiculous. Oh my God, that's great.
1: Anyway. I love it. Nate, it has been a pleasure. I'm excited to explore new sounds with you real soon. Till then. Switched on Pop is produced by me, Charlie Harding. And me, Nate Sloan. Editing by Bill Lance and designed by Luke Harris. We are a proud member of the Panoply Network. You can catch all of our past episodes on the Apple Podcast app, where it would mean a, re- a lot to us if you would leave us a review. I'm still waiting for a review in Rhyme. We have a
2: playlist of over 40 tracks submitted by listeners. Go check it out. Uh, I, I assure you, like me, you'll discover some some very cool new stuff on there. And we are always looking to engage on the Facebook, on the Twitter. Reach out to us at SwitchedOnPop, and let's continue the conversation. We'll be back again in two weeks with a new show.
1: And until then, thanks thanks for listening.
0: Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. (laughs) But they choose to do it.